All right, here we go. You ready for this? <laughs> Last hurrah. <laughs> I got Dick Hirsch. It's John Reed. Yo, yo, yo. Sapphire slash ASUG annual conference in the books. 2017. Indeed. And this is our Friday morning tradition. Unfortunately, we're not poolside this time. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> yeah. Next year. And usually we grab a deserted abandoned room this time we've grabbed a room that looks like it's about ready for action right there's like refreshments out and stuff so we're not gonna take any yeah so listeners if you hear some like disruption in the middle of this that's it'll be us getting kicked out of this nice room so see what happens yeah we've already had a little chat with security so all right so anyhow those of you follow our stuff probably know that that we have a ton of videos already up from diginomica something close to 20 we got a ton of articles and I kind of want to start there because right before the conference, you did some trademark sleuth work. Hell yeah. I, I like I like to call it Encyclopedia Browning, but you're more of a Sherlockian, so you yeah, like the Sherlock, it's be fun. Sherlock Holmes. But anyway, you wrote a piece on, on the multi-cloud, and right. you kind of made also s- sort of some predictions of sorts based right. on that, and you, you put, pulled together information from a variety of sources, right. and it turned out that SAP paid a lot of attention to that was and they were surprised by some, a lot of stuff in right. there so we kind of entered the week with a lot of kind of h- hype on the sap side trying to track you down and talk with you and also just see the keynotes so how did right. everything stack up i mean i was before the event i started seeing seeing clues and i saw some evidence that there was going to be an important change regarding how um the sap cloud platform the sap pause responds to the challenge of different infrastructure providers. And um, I found some job offers, as always, showing right. evidence that SP was working on this. And then I found um, uh, some help pages, and they sort of had the uh, proof in the, the pudding that they were making the announcement. And then at the keynote, we saw some, some um, words from Bernd that SCP is now offering beta cloud foundry on azure and as well on aws which is an excellent news right and you had mentioned in your blog post some speculation around aws turns out job orders are sort of a leading indicator of what a company is up to which is kind of interesting yeah i mean this is for me always sort of because they have to have job offers with enough description that people are interested and there's always enough and meat in there that you can sort of make assumptions based on that in terms yeah. of what the um the strategy is for sap so it's good for me i don't know whether it's good for them but it makes good reading right and and actually in in burn likert's keynote uh, on the first day, there was a fair amount of emphasis on sort of openness to right. sort of frame these announcements. Right. Um, well, well, I mean, what's, I think SP is realizing that the infrastructure as itself is or will be soon a commodity. Mm-hmm. Okay. And customers want this. Customers already have experience in these other providers. And so they don't want to be, I don't want to say stuck, but I, I say they just want to have the opportunity to move to the, the these other providers. And SAP is doing a really good job um, exploiting Cloud Foundry and the, the potential in that platform to be able to support the customers who have these requirements. So what is your reaction to the announcements? In particular, Cloud Foundry didn't get that announcement didn't get a lot of attention in the keynotes. Yeah, and I was, think I think was, a lot of Sapphire and, Sapphire now people wouldn't really understand that well, I mean, unless unless they went into more detail. Right. I mean, the one thing that was I think there's like one comment on it was that it's now GA, which means yeah. that the support for Cloud Foundry within the the cloud platform is now it's readily available. Um, the Azure 
is now in, in the Azure support is now in beta, but the general support with, within the SAP environment that is now there and people can use it in a, in a productive setting, which is which is which is good. So, what do you think of those announcements? I mean, they're excellent. I mean, because like I said, this provides um, users or developers the ability to really take their code and develop it using Cloud Foundry, and then they can move to other platforms with a limited amount of um, uh, problems. Of course, developers have to be careful, and this is one thing that we see with as you start moving to other Azure, then there's a tendency to maybe use the business services which are in Azure or the ones which are in the uh, Cloud Foundry and the, mm -hmm. the GCP. And of course, once you do that, then you lose the ability to jump to other environments. So. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a difficult, a difficult situation that um, developers just have to be aware that there's also restrictions in terms of this uh, multi-cloud functionality. Right, and it also opens up pathways for more external developer engagement. Of course, for non-SAP developers. Of course, because you can now say, "Hey, you know, you're used to using this open source platform." So right, and I mean, and there's there are two. I think there are two paths. The one is the Cloud Foundry based. Development and the other one is the Neo, and the Neo is the traditional um, platform for the um, SCP, which has been there for 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 years and years. And developers, of course, have to be aware and partners as well when they're developing. Which what are my goals? What do I want to achieve with this code? And I think that's something that they have to um, look at when they decide which way that they want to go. I like the <clears throat> challenge for SAP to throw down on itself to make. To, to sort of do the combo route of pursuing open source and interoperability, multi-cloud as you put it, but but also embrace the challenge of making their platform robust enough with their own business services that at right. least an SAP-focused developer would say, hey, you got a ton of services here that right. will help me, whether it's mobility services and extensions or, right. or perhaps uh, UI, Fiori-type right. stuff, like build it all in there in a way that, that works well for SAP developers. So I, 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 right. it seems to me that's what they're doing right now, and that I think right. they should take that challenge upon themselves, not just to say, oh, open source is going to kick our ass, so, so the heck with our proprietary. Right. But like, make the proprietary really frigging good for those who are serious about building. I don't know right. what you think, I mean, but that's I mean, kind that's, of my I mean, that, that's always a choice that SAP has, has to make. I mean, if they want to have the people stay on their platform and not go to another in infrastructure provider then, or like with stay with Neo, then of course... It has to be interesting enough for the people to take that take that path. And I mean, what's also important to say is that um, SCP isn't the only one, or the only product that's looking at this. I mean, you can look at like S4 or HANA. There are two right. options there. I mean, we, there's already customers. In fact, I, I interviewed a customer, one of the first ones, who has S4 or HANA um, on the GCP, so on the the Google the, the Google Cloud Platform. Right. So that's and I mean I've already. I think I talked with them also. Yeah, and so yeah. there's also people who are doing on AWS. So so that's already happening, and as well, we're going to see at some point in the future, we're going to see that SAP provides this functionality as well. Um, but it's basically if you look at how S4 HANA Cloud moves into the uh, multi multi cloud. Um, strategy is that you will have the ability, for example, to have um, S4HANA Cloud host or then maintained or operated by SAP running on another infrastructure provider. Now, we have to make sure that it's clear that this isn't the, the on-premise 
S4. Right. This is the S4 HANA cloud, which means that there are restrictions and you can't do everything that you could do on the on-premise version. But that's why you have a distinction between what the is available in the the HANA Enterprise cloud, which is more the on-premise version. You and can customize the hell out of it. Right. It, you could argue that it's somewhat lift and shift in that regard. Right. You know. And, Right, and so the deal with the the offer from which is coming at some point, I don't know when, is from the S4 HANA cloud is that infrastructure is isn't as important as it once was. Which was a nugget you picked up from a couple of run-ins with Sven Denikin this yeah. week, who I didn't yeah. happen to get a chance to talk to. Yeah, um, and and in general, S4 HANA cloud kept a pretty low profile at this event in terms of how yeah. in terms of how it was presented because there was so much focus on Leonardo and and yeah, other stuff. I mean, I think what's, what's, and we can sort of use this as a segue into Leonardo. What's really important is it's still a core. Okay. And, and yeah, Leonardo yeah. is a box of technologies. Right. But without the business context, there's no value or there's, yeah. there's a lot less value. And so you always have to sort of combine blockchain with a business process. And that is, right. I think, the reason why. But I would they, argue, but I would argue that the core, as it was largely presented on stage, was about the on-premise S4 HANA version, not the cloud. There was not that much talk about the S4 HANA cloud. And the reason is that it's not ready for most of these customers to move to. They can't do it. They're large enterprise customers and the S4 okay. HANA cloud's okay, not ready for them. We're gonna go there. Okay. The, the yeah. folks the folks that we talked with were more the kind of S4 HANA cloud customers they're picking up now are more like service yeah. firms that are drinking their own Kool-Aid and also running. Now, some of them are, are fairly yeah. sizable, so they're not small companies. Right. So it's not a matter of scale. It's more a matter of the functionalities in the works. And so I think if I had to predict, I would say next year at this time, S4 HANA cloud is going to be a much bigger focus of the keynote. That's my yeah, view. Yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, as I said, I mean, for me, it's the idea that you need the the, the business context, and it's, yeah, and, yeah, it's, yeah. and it's and it's less relevant what the size of the the company right. involved is, rather than I can't have blockchain yes. and without a business context because that is a service that is provided by a variety of providers. Yeah, um, and so Leonardo was 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 pushed a lot, but I think it's um, just more important to see it as a as a as a toolkit. Right, right, right. Yep, yep. Um, and yep. that's why it's really important when you look at Leonardo to say, okay, there are, it helps companies on the digital transformation journey. Right. But it has to be sort of anchored in their business processes. Otherwise, it has no relevance. It's just cool, cool, cool buzzwords without real impact in terms of the, what, what the customers are, are providing. Well, and that's what SAP is banking on as well, right? Because their biggest value proposition they can bring to, Leonardo, which I refer to as a next-gen kitchen sink where right. you can get everything from IoT to AI to blockchain. Right. But right. their their biggest value prop is tying that back into of course. into not into a back end that's more than just APIs, right? Right. But because because they now they do need to add more APIs. We we I heard that from a couple of customers and I know they're working on that in the API right. business hub. The API business hub will be much more substantial a year from now, so right. but but SAP doesn't want to just be an API hub, right? They they right. want to be perceived as, if not the digital core, at least a big part of the engine that drives those things. And and that I think, right. rather than like a focus on on S four Hana Cloud, I think the focus is more on we want to be the engine to drive those those transactions right. and 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 those next generation sort of projects that you're going to be working on. And so as a result, they spent a lot of time trying to trying to brand the Leonardo concept because right. up before the show, it was just an IoT venture, right? Right. Sort of a and, weird, 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 
I mean, in the beginning of the year, then Leonardo was IoT, and then it sort of expanded, and there's no sort of understanding yeah. why that that happened. I mean, but for me, one example, sort of how it, the pieces fit together, is you look at the use of a Copilot within S4. Mm. Which is the digital which, which, assistant. Which is sort yeah. of the bot. Right. Okay. And it combined sort of the machine learning aspects of Leonardo, although they didn't mention Leonardo, with sort of the business process coming from S4. And that's a real business value right there. Mm. And I think that's sort of an example, I mean, of how the pieces sort of fit together with sort of the Leonardo and the the, the other applications as well. So what were your reactions to how SAP presented that? Did you... Did people seem to, the people you talk with, did they kind of understand what SAP I mean, was getting at there? Or? I mean, it's, I mean, I think the more people you talk to, you get a better idea of it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because we talk to executives yeah, who, yeah, who yeah. Could, we could just batter them with questions saying, what about this, what about this? And now I have a much better understanding. I've seen you do that before, actually. And at the, uh, <laughs> at the uh, keynote, there were, there were slides and it really wasn't, wasn't totally clear, but it was just talking to people like Bjorn Gerke and asking him, okay, how does this piece, how do the pieces fit together? Because I mean, SCP is, is an integral part of uh, Leonardo. And I think that's where I started to see the uh, value of these, of sort of mm. the, the offering itself. Right. <clears throat> so it, it, it's sort of like you have a, a, a sort of view of the shape of it and now you're going to do your dickhurst thing and start to flesh out what's what that all is going to look like well i mean you got to understand how the pieces fit yeah. together and i mean and still right now it's still very early um and it's unclear for example how partners can really contribute um mm. i mean i think i mean deloitte is there they are going to offer i don't know some sort of leonardo uh services but i think the question is do you as a as a partner do you help customers on the Leonardo journey or do you create your own Leonardo services? I mean, I think there's a variety of opportunities and I think what's important as well is that it's not just the technology. There's also something on top of that as well. Yeah, we could probably have a long conversation about just the service industry's disruption part of this. Right. And, and we talked some with SAP about this this week and and just sort of the awareness that, that a lot of their partners are going to have to to change to keep up with this as well. And right. so that's a whole other piece of the the puzzle. Right. Yeah, but I mean, they already made, or, or they're making the same transition right now in terms of cloud. Yeah, indeed, right. Um, it's, it's really, yeah, it, it's 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 a continuation, right? Right, of, right. It's, of, it's a never-ending story. Becoming a cloud slash right. digital consultancy or whatever, whatever that right. means, um, which is not just about fancy tech. I think it's about engaging with customers differently right. because it, it's much less about go live and walk away to the next, right? Right. It's more about kind of, you know, longer term sort of partnerships, right. you know, sprints and go lives and more go lives and more adjustments and, right. you know, less consultants on site, you know, more, right. more virtual. I mean, there's a lot of changes. Right. And I mean, so. I think what's also interesting is they're starting to see um, an emphasis, especially in terms of Leonardo, in terms of new apps. Right. I mean, I think that's something which in the past you had um, an application field service, something else, and then it would be extended. Hey, and Dick, let's just touch, stop for a sec. Hey, yeah. what's up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Oh no, 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 no. We're, we just grabbed an empty spot, just real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no problem. Service interruption. Yeah, we so, have to relocate. Let's yeah, do okay. that. Yeah, cool. And it's Sean Reed back with Dick Hirsch. Yeah, we made it. We're just talking about disruption, and we okay. got disrupted. Yeah. <laughs> now we are in a place where we can't be kicked out. I don't think we're in a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> we have to be kicked out of the hotel. <laughs> uh, so so far so good. 
Um, but anyway, when we left off, you were kind of talking about the apps part. And I think that's important because while sort of, you know, platforms and openness are great, I'm really intrigued by apps and some of the apps I saw this week that were that were kind of more vertically focused, industry focused, right. and sort of pain point focused were pretty amazing. I saw this really cool app, for example, that was, I don't know if you saw this one, that was uh, uh, money laundering detection. I didn't app. see it, but I talked to the guy. That was interesting. And super smart, right? And, and, yeah. and, and incorporating machine learning built on HANA into right. a very specific scenario. And the guy's doing really well, of course, because right. that's so much more appealing than just talking in generalities about what, right. what AI can do. Right. So did you see some interesting apps this week? Well, I mean, the one that I, I liked is that we had a quick meeting with um, Helen Arnold, who is the, yeah. the head of the the SAP data network. And I mean, I did a blog about them earlier. And today we, we got a chance to sit down and talk to her and someone from her team. And we saw a, a demo of one of their apps for field glass. Right. And it was and it was cool. Because I mean basically I mean what what, what Helen's team is doing is they're looking at, at data as a service, basically. Um, and we saw an application which was integrated you or was was using field glass data and it was going in and analyzing the data in the cloud application in an aggregated form um, so that you could really get and better understanding in terms of where sort of the issues are in terms of regional differences in terms of um, the the data coming from um, the the temporary workers and that was really cool. You could see comparisons of like uh, what a going salary if you wanted to hire them hire them perm because they pulled in information from I think some of the right. public surveys on salary data right. and then and then also you had the the temp stats and it was all aggregated in real time. Right. And I mean, what's nice. also really fascinating is that, I mean, when you have um, um, the ability to go into a SaaS application, you can have benchmarks. Mm-hmm. And so that was really fascinating for me was that you could compare your yourself, in, as if you're a field, field class client, to the, the benchmark of the industry itself. And that, I mean, it has, has great value because you yeah. can immediately see, for example, are you paying more, paying less? And that was, that was good. Yeah, the demo they were showing us, the person was paying 87% more or something. And that's... Right. You know that's not not so good, but but at least right. you have that gut check of like, wow, you know, right. we're not we're not in context. And and to your point, that's that's the that's sort of the data sort of driven or data inspired business model as a whole is right. you know talking to a lot of companies that are talking to some S four Hana companies that are right. that are trying to figure out how to move from manufacturing to services and data services. And this is sort of a constant preoccupation now. Yeah. I, think. I mean, well, they're saying, I mean, data is going to be the new oil. Um, yeah. And just because it's so valuable, I mean, yeah. and not only in terms of selling your own data um, in a, in a, or monetizing your data, but also just using the data, which you have to better understand your, your, your business. And it's data science. Again, I mean, that was mm-hmm. one thing that was really fascinating at this event is that I talked to a, late, a lot of people who did data science related activities. They either have an offering or mm-hmm. they, they use data science. And that was, it was a bit of a challenge because I'm not really a data scientist, but I mean, there's so much value in there, which is sort of hidden. And if you have the domain knowledge, then you can pull out this this data and sell it. Right. And that was another standout thing for me this week that I just wanted to mention just because if you're watching the keynotes, I don't think you got a lot of this, but I talked with, uh, and we have some videos as well of several either HANA or S4 HANA customers that I sort of describe as mature customers because they they overcame sort of the challenges of getting onto the platform and, and they also 
you know, some of the benefits of that, right. a lot of times, better integrations, instance consolidation, right. you know, better performance. They moved beyond that and started looking into, well, hey, now that we're here, what can we do? Right. And, and a lot of times what what's happening next is things like building mobile applications right. that connect directly with customers that take advantage of real-time right. data, for example, um, or... Uh, in other cases, it might be something where a design thinking workshop. There was a right. Germ there was a German company that was looking at, oh, we got to move into services, and they were a family run company. and And Dan was interviewing him, and he was really shocked to see this German company like talking about design thinking and right. services. And the guy said, "I'm 100 percent confident that if we don't do this, another competitor is going to." Right. And and I think that reflects very well on SAP's case that they're trying right. to make. That you can do all this stuff on Hana, right? You know, so. And I mean, I think that's they have to just be aware that many of their customers might not um, really understand the potential of the information that they have. For example, I, I had saw one customer that is um, a plasma bank in um, Holland, and the value of the data that they're creating re regarding blood. I mean, aggregate it and provide it to people. I mean. Yep. In, a, in a safe and secure fashion. And I think that's where SAP has the experience to really help these customers on this journey. Yep, I agree. Because that, that's sort of another type of the uh, digital transformation is that these, these, these companies have this information and they can present it and they can right. have their data as a service. Right. So the other uh, chance that I think you had to spend some time with the SAP Hybris people who... Yeah. I, they're they're super interesting in a couple different ways. First right. of all, because they're so aggressively customer facing, omni channel, right. all that stuff. But right. also, they've been so deeply embedded in in uh, microservices push right. and stuff like that. Did you learn some interesting stuff well, I mean, from them? I mean, I've, I've talked to them yet multiple times, and I get a really good feeling that they understand what the shift to microservices means. Um, they understand it as an organizational level, at, at a portfolio level, and I think that's. I mean, you see all the keynotes. I mean, it's it's another buzzword. But when I talk to them, I get the feeling that they understand that it's not just an API. There's a lot of stuff which which goes beyond that, and I think that's um, that's a good sign because maybe they can help the other parts of SAP sort of on this on this journey. Um, and they have cool stuff. I mean, I saw one demo. Um, which is Charlie, which is sort of a bot based on yeah. um, Facebook Messenger, which which was cool. Which is it's basically it's a it's a art it, it's a sort of a chat bot which goes against the hybrid microservices, and it really showed me the sort of the the ability to very rapidly use these services to create something interesting. And you had the ability from Microsoft um, from um, Facebook Messenger to order stuff on a on a store. I was debating with Holger Mueller whether Charlie was male or female. <laughs> it's very important to Holger that Charlie be male because okay. he says there's too many female chatbots. Okay. But one of the interesting things about that, and including the microservices push, is, is that we don't think about this that much yet, but in China, for example, their dominant messaging environment, WeChat, is really... A, e-commerce and everything for the people right. that use it like everything happens with as services right. within the messaging environment right and you have to feel that's inevitable right here too it is right. starting to happen a little bit as far as like you can you know do an uber summons within facebook right. but but it's really more about these these intelligent agents sort of 
I guess you could say butting in on conversations to say, you know, right. hey, I see you guys are talking about blah. Should I book a table right. for four in this town that you mentioned for tonight? Or, right. you know, that's sort of what's going Intrusive. on, I think. Yeah. But, but, but hopefully in a helpful way, right? right. And hopefully right. if it's designed well, people will feel like, hey, this is really useful and right. not annoying. Right. And I mean, what's also interesting about Hybris is I think they, they look at more than just sort of the technology involved in microservices. I mean, mm. if you take a look at their revenue cloud, I mean, you have, somehow if you are a partner, for example, creating 30 microservices, how do you monetize that? How yeah. do you deal with the subscription model? And I think that's right. something which people really haven't taken a look at yet. They're, fo they're focused on the developer, but what comes beyond that? That's yeah. just as important. Yeah, I have in my podcast notes you wanted to talk about standardization versus configuration. Right. I mean, I think that's... Um, I talked to a lot of customers about this and some of the people who were on like Hybris were saying, well, when we moved to like C4C, our business had to be, become, or had to, had to become aware that they couldn't do everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so that there was a standardization process. Right. Okay. And what happens when the business says, okay, this is something that I need. Okay. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not provided by the standard. What right. do you do? And so either you can try and force SAP to expand the standard or you extend it. Um, and I think that's one of, I mean, this is what I think USA is that the extensibility of these applications via the SCP is critical. It is because the thing is that I think a lot of SaaS uh, companies in the, in the early renditions of SaaS presented a, a false and unfair choice to customers because a lot of that standardization is really healthy when it comes to like, Oh, you know, this regional office wanted the field over here and this, right. you know, that kind of crap. And, and you can't benefit from all right. the pieces of, of staying modern on one version if you, right. but, but there's another piece of standardization, which is unhealthy, which is I have a competitive differentiated process exactly. that I, that I, that I want to have out there in some form. Right. And, you know, one of the things I think SAP in some ways can be perceived as as being behind in some ways with SaaS, not not in every way, but in some ways compared to some of the pure plays. But a lot of the pure plays don't have as much of the right. platform that SAP has. And so I'm always pushing SAP to stoke that advantage. And I was very encouraged to talk to S4 HANA cloud customers this week. They, right. were, all, they were all building apps on, That's great. on the the sap cloud platform if right. name compliant and and i yeah. pushed them to tell me like was this hard right try to get them yeah. to confess and they said no it was not and right and so that type of extensibility but but to your point i think that's where the service provider thing comes in as well because to make those decisions is very very important and right and you know, like what direction do you go in, right? Because right. do you push SAP to do the right. standard? You know, do do you do you right. go for an extension, or does your partner build you an app, right. or or maybe you get an app off the marketplace, right? It, you know, which SAP has finally consolidated, right. which I kind of made fun of in one of a blog. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah. but anyway, so so I I see a service provider in the new context, being an advisor in that role right. and saying, here's the best way to handle this issue, right? right? And ideally, they know your industry well enough to say, you know what, I'm really going to push you to standardize on that because it's actually right. not that important, but right. here's what is, right. you know? But I think you raise a really important point and right. it's going to have to be figured out. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you see the extensions, the the types of extensions are always expanding as well. Yep. I mean, Success Factors was the first one. I have S4. I think also the Ariba is out. Right. I haven't seen the, the ones for Field Glass yet, but I mean, I think that's 
that's where the power, but you have sort of the, the SAS application, which is standardized, and then you have SCP as the extension platform. That's always sort of the, the one goal, which, which has been pushed. We talked with the field glass head a little bit about that yesterday. Uh -huh. And one thing he said is that they have been so aggressively kind of pure SAS in their approach that they have like API centric kind of stuff. Like, yeah. so their APIs are really, really robust. And, but, but there was now this conversation happening around like, how could we incorporate this platform right. for, for that? So, so it's that balance, right? They're way right. ahead on the API side, but right. now look at the platform side. And I, I do think a lot of these cloud assets within SAP are talking to each other a fair right. amount about this stuff. And if they do, that's to SAP's benefit for sure. Right. And I mean, I think as we, as we go forward, the question is going to be, I mean, how do you bring in like Leonardo? Right. Do you bring it in? I mean, because I think that that's one thing is that you bring it in perhaps to the application, like the, the co-pilot example in S4, or you exploit it as a, as a, as a partner. Right. Um, so I think that's going to be curious to see what, what happens there. So, did you notice anything else? That was about it. I mean, I, I talked to a very a wide variety of customers, and I mean, they were just across the board um, interested to tell their story, and it was just sort of a challenge to bounce between these various customers. But I mean, that's how you sort of get mm. pushed out of your out of your um, comfort zone and sometimes you you can sort of tell customers well look here i was talking to one guy from a blood bank in holland i said use your data mm. i mean and stuff like that is just interesting yeah yeah also i noticed in a couple of meetings you were banging on a point around what sap should do to support folks once apps are are built you have a, yeah. you have a, a yeah. bit of a mantra around app application management yeah. i mean that's that's definitely the the case because I mean usually you have a focus which is on the developer yeah and you have the developers it's sort of like what happens after the first uh, after your app is is deployed mm -hmm. and after that the the story sort of ends um, there's some stuff there but it's not really pushed as much as necessary and it's also just in terms of the developer engagement team they have to take an operations approach as well yeah because I mean people have to be aware that it's more than just a development platform because how do you go productive? How do you deal with monitoring? How do you deal with um, with errors on your platform? How do you discover errors? Yeah. Things like that. Those things which happen once it goes live. Yeah. And I think that's that's the challenge then. This conversation almost feels like a tech ed conversation, Dick. We're having it at Sapphire. What's going on, man? Yeah, I mean, I mean you're right. I mean, but we... Isn't that interesting? It's like business well, we're, and... We're tech guys, so business and tech is like really intertwined at this point, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Because we saw much more of a tech-focused keynote than you would expect yeah. to see at Sapphire as well. Yeah, that's so, true. I mean, they did trot out Derek Jeter and Kobe Bryant on the last day, but 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 before that, they got their helping of SAP technology in. Yeah, but I mean, so, I mean, Hasso also did a really good yeah. keynote. Um, and I think he sort of brought it down to earth a little bit, which yeah. is always useful, sort of, I mean, in the business audience, it might not even always be be perfect, but I think he just provides a relevant and sort of a a relaxed atmosphere, which which is really sort of nice on on a keynote. I think it's interesting because there's been so much of a focus on IT needs to understand and collaborate with the business better, and that that was a big theme in a lot of our customer videos. But the reverse is also true. I mean, business has to understand 
this right. technology and and what it's doing and why it matters right they right. they need to be able to cross that line and right. and i think you saw a fair amount of that emphasis here which is just right. kind of interesting because in the past i can remember people telling me don't talk about this at sapphire save that for tech ed and your right. geeky friends at tech ed and this, right this year you didn't really hear that so much nope. so uh, yeah, and I think there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about, but now I'm spacing on it, so maybe we'll just have to call it a day. Uh, uh, listeners will notice we didn't get into the licensing stuff. That's not because we're in denial. It's just I've I've flogged that topic right. on multiple videos, and um, you can get your fill on Digenomica on that. We got a bunch of user group perspectives on it as well, and more articles to come on that. So don't. If you feel like you wanted to dig into that, there's there's a lot of video and content on that already. So right. we just decided we'd try to give you more of a flavor of of like assuming that that stuff is sorted out. Right. Here's here's what's right. what's possible and what SAP is doing. Right. Um, just in terms of like your, your day job, you've been sort of pushing envelopes with technical cloud services yeah. and technology. Yeah, I mean, and that's I mean because in my day job, I'm the product owner for our service now integration business and i mean it's that's one of the reasons why i i push sort of looking beyond the first deployment mm -hmm. um because that's i think where the the challenge often is in these cloud applications and so i would push msap to say okay look beyond the development because there, there's 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 so much more which is really involved in that and i mean not only in terms of what they're doing because i mean they're they have their productive environments but in terms of customers in terms of developers who are using these platforms i think that's what's critical Right. And you certainly think about this being an issue across the board. I mean, that's one of the biggest criticisms I get on Twitter when I bring up microservices, like, well, how are we going to manage a complicated right. microservices yeah. environment? Yeah. And and you could say the same about what if we have 10 different IT pro IoT projects running? Yeah. It's very different than if you have one running. Right. Um, so, so I think there's that point around. And that's where ServiceNow, I think, has really focused a lot of energy in right. terms of how to better manage all these services. Right. And, of course. But I mean, yeah. in terms of... I mean, the, the microservices right now, we're still at the, the beginning phases, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they deal with these applications which are emerging, um, which are just more complex. Okay, cool. Well, I hope everyone's enjoying the cell phone conversation behind us. Sorry, folks, we've had a fair amount of background noise at yeah, the last part of the shoot, but that was nothing we could do about it. We we did our best, but what well, can you do? What's the problem of being in a, in, a, in a hallway? Yeah, we, we had to finish the shoot in the hallway, and... Hallways are open to disruption, but right. uh, I think we mostly got it in, though. There, there were yeah, probably right. a couple points where you guys heard too much background noise, but mostly I think it was okay. So, yeah. So off you go. Yep. And Flying back tonight. And Tech Ed's in the fall. So, actually, yep. the Vegas one's only a few months out. Okay. I don't know if you're going to that one. I'm not, I don't no, think I I'm going to be there, but no, I, I, I have a hunch that I'll see you in Barcelona is the way to look at this one. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Thanks. Okay, talk to you later. later. Bye.